for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. We've had a busy weekend. Uh, yesterday, um, I was at Tum- a Tunbridge Wells New Life Church speaking to their men's conference. Pete Pempathy, sorry, Pete, Pete Pempathy came along with me. We had a great time prophetically. And uh, just explaining something that's happening with us over, over the last couple of years. We're learning about the kingdom of God and um, working with the rhythms of the kingdom of God. We explained about the Riverside Centre. And the guys came to us afterwards and said, we would love to bring a team of guys down from New Life Church at Tunbridge Wells to work one Saturday to do anything that, that you need. We will just come down. I thought, how wonderful that is. So we'll, we'll get that on. But uh, it's extraordinary how you get... You know, you give, then you get gifts of receiving from extraordinary quarters. So um, we're grateful for the guys there. Today we're going to continue this uh, digging deeper into understanding more about the dynamics of the kingdom of God. Um, Today I'm I'm focusing on spotting what God is doing because we can be very ignorant. And church, we are in a transition and, and today... I think it's fully appropriate today that uh, we feel the burn. Yeah, there's, there's a cost to the kingdom. Jesus says, you can't be my disciple unless you take up your cross and follow me. So we have to understand that there is an element of following, the, not just doing church, but being kingdom, it is costly. And the sooner we get that, the easier it will be to embrace a dynamic of change so that the kingdom of God can expand. It's about the kingdom expanding. And Jesus spoke about the grain of wheat that falls to the ground. He said, unless it falls to the ground and dies, it can't multiply. There's got to be that dying and resurrection and dying. It's just growth. That's how the kingdom of God comes to us. And it's not easy. But it's important if we're going to see the nations of the earth touched with the glory of God. So we're in transition and sending Matt and Tracy out in family, we are sowing our best. You sow your best. It's always sowing your best. And it's, a, it's an exciting and for some unnerving, I know for some it's unnerving for you, I know that. We'd be stupid not to be aware of that as pastors. But the, uh, this realigning is taking place as we discover the power of sowing and reaping, whether it's people or finance or acts of mercy that will bring expansion and growth. It says in Ecclesiastes 11.1, 1, cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. In other words, it will return to you, expand. If you put a bit of bread in water, it expands, doesn't it? And so we are learning that kingdom principle. Even in the Old Testament, the kingdom principles of, of multiplication were there in, in sowing and giving away. And we're moving from a church-focused culture to a kingdom of of God-focused culture. When we come to worship and preach and pray and and give mercy ministries, they're all incredible and important for a healthy church, but it's not the whole story. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build it. He's still alive. Did you know that he's still alive? And he said, well, I'll build it. Don't you worry so much about building the big church. You, you, you pray for the kingdom to come and I'll, I'll build the church. <laughs> and I'm pretty good at it. 
because it's my body, not yours. And Jesus said in another context, every student of scripture instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who brings out of his storeroom what is new and what is old. And that's what's happening for us. We will still do church. We love church, but it's not the only thing. The church is a vehicle for the kingdom. And transitioning to prioritising the expansion of the kingdom, wherever we are, is that's where we're at at the moment. You see, you and I can be seed bearers for the kingdom of God every day in our lives. You live a far different life every day to the person next to you, most probably. You'll be coming into contact with people that the person next to you won't be coming into contact with. And as we get this... There will be, if, we, if we embrace it and follow it and do what Jesus tells us to do, there will be expansion, exponential expansion. It won't be restricted to people coming on a Sunday morning and giving their lives to Christ, as precious as that is. But it's, it's bigger than that. So you can be a seed bearer for the kingdom of God every day of your life. Now, when I was at the Catalyst Conference this year, um, Sue and I heard a, um, a speaker called Karen Kircher and uh, she is a, um, a leadership and organisational development coach out in industry, and she's, she's becoming quite well known, and com- big companies, large and small, um, are national health um, organisations within the UK, are asking her to come and do leadership development training, and they say, what is the, what's this material, this is new? And what it is, it's, it's, Principles of the Kingdom of God. And she's written a book called Call to Influence. And we feel very strongly that Karen has a word for you, for this church, because we want to make sure that you are equipped and fed and resourced, not just for Sunday ministry, church ministry, but out there in the real world. And so she'll be coming next February to come and speak on a Sunday morning. And it will be a red-letter morning for us. The night before, she's going to meet with some people, representatives of Gateway Church, who are in business industry, in the commercial world, out there, where it matters. And she's going to be sharing more with them, getting to know them, so that this team of people, and some of you will be invited to that, we're looking to put on a conference later on in the year where Karen will come to speak, so we can open it wider. Because this is a message to the church at the moment. We are salt and light into the world. Yeah, so be prepared for that. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven, you know, is like a mustard seed. Well, you know, you get onto Google, you see how small the, a, a, a mustard tree seed, it's not the mustard you grow like mustard and cress. A mustard tree can go 25 feet tall. And it's one of the largest plants in a garden in Israel. And if we can grasp how the, the power of our actions, our words, our kindness our love, our smile, our prayer for others has. And we, we really get into this groove and embrace it on a day-to-day basis. It will change the culture where you and I work, where we live. So we're moving from how big is your church culture. That's what leaders say. How big is your church? We don't say it now because we're hearing this sort of culture thing. No, you don't ask that. But you're still thinking, how big is your church? To a, how many people have you sent from your church? It's a, see, it's different. It's different. And we're moving away from 
Whoa, what a great preach and worship it was last week. Now, not that that's unimportant, but we're moving towards, wow, what a week we've had out there in, 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 in my office, in, in the, um, the, the room where teachers meet. What's that called? Staff room. I've had a great conversation this week. I've asked to pray for somebody and they said yes. And it's thrilling. I had, I had a couple phone me up on Saturday, was it Friday or Saturday morning, whatever it was. And they said, we have had the most astounding day today. We've talked to that person. We've bought a meal for that person. We've, we've witnessed to that person. This is a wonderful, exciting. This is like, I'm alive. And I'm thinking, wow, when we all get it, we'll see kingdom explosion, not just expansion. When we get, get it, that this is what we were born for, and you can be seed bearers, the joy will not be, it's a great meeting Sunday, the joy will be, I've just heard an amazing, amazing story in the cafe about what happened to Mark at work. You, got, you, you won't believe this, because it's kingdom expansion. And it will enable all of us to really get on mission. And we can bring the gospel of the kingdom to impact others in many different ways. Kingdom kindness, generosity, just generosity. You know, I heard this person, this couple say, oh, we went and bought a meal for that drunk. Wonderful. It's wonderful. Stuart and Francis Clear. Um, we love that family too. We send them out onto mercy ships. We love that organisation, that ship that goes um, mainly to um, Africa, other parts of the world, bringing um, medical care. And uh, oh, there they are, that's Stuart Francis and, and the Kidlets. And uh, they're, just, they're just now birthed at Cameroon and uh, for six months bringing hope and medical healing. And um, she should have said this in her latest blog. There's one, that's one of the reasons my heart was so full of gratitude when my beautiful little boy Joseph, who thankfully was a normal delivery, was befriending another beautiful little boy whose mother had received hope and healing whilst being aboard the vessel. The ladies that come on board don't just receive hope and healing through their surgery, they receive it through the ministry of the Holy Spirit every time someone looks at them in the eye and smiles. Or holds their hand. Or tells them that God loves them and has a plan for their life. It's so much more than just physical healing, which is why I love this place. And it's, it's challenging and exciting for us to begin to live in this dimension. It moves us out of our comfort zone, where we, from being armchair experts of whether Graham or Richard or anybody else did well, or the band got it sorted, the PA was right, or nobody spoke to me in the cafe, to thinking, out there, I, I can bring the kingdom of God. It's easy to be an armchair expert, isn't it, about church. I want us to be on the move army, like Jesus, taking the gospel of the kingdom and having our own exploits. You, you, you can have exploits when you get this, when you pray every day, Father, oh God, your kingdom come today in my pizza restaurant to the staff. Make me alert to where there's need, where there's hopelessness, where there's prayer for healing needed. 
It's like being thrown at the deep end. I learned to swim. I tried to learn how to swim and I wasn't very good. I kept sinking. So my friends grabbed me and they threw me in a six foot end and I decided to live. (laughs) Honestly, I decided to live. I did every sort of stroke known to man and woman. And I got to the side and they said, there you are. We knew you'd swim because you wanted to live. This is, it's not much different, but have you got the courage to say, God, teach me to swim on this? Or do you want to remain an armchair expert? No. We were meant for more than doing good church. We'll get great church when we do this. When we can see that every one of us is a kingdom bearer, a seed bearer of the kingdom, every day and night of our lives. Because you never know what's going to happen next. We, um, we had, Sue and I had lunch with Graham and Deirdre Coombs, who um, uh, was uh, leading the, uh, the team at South Kent Community Church, part of Salt and Light. We went to Amici's. Who's been to Amici's? Really nice, a ta- little Italian restaurant. And we had lunch there, and we, we, we treated them, and it's our turn to treat them. We have meals um, together every so often. And uh, after the first course, um, this certain lady in the church, who's here today, she, she walked by and she said, this is my mother. And uh, my mother's got a bad arm. And um, she was really saying, would you pray for her there and then? And, I'm, and I, I knew what was going to happen. Graham and Deirdre were on the other side of the table and thinking, is he going to do church or kingdom? And so she brought her mother to me and, and thrust the arm right in my face while I just finished my, uh, my garlic bread. I want to say who it is, but you, I'm, I'm trying to avoid looking at them in that direction. But, but I, I was thinking, um, well, come along to church. I just want to say, I said, well, come along to church and we'll pray for you. That wasn't going to do Karen any good. <laughs> and, uh, so I said, okay, well, let me, let me pray for you now. And my heart was going like this, you know. And, uh, and Graham and Deirdre was looking at me. Are you going to do it? Are going to do it? And I, I, I just prayed for her. And in the past, I would have been put off from praying for her because I was scared that, what happens if she doesn't get healed? Yeah? What happens? What happens? And I believe in that moment I'd broken free from asking the question, what if not, what if, to I'll just be obedient to pray for the sick. I don't know whether she's been healed or not. But what I do know for a fact that she felt the love of God and the kingdom of grace touching her life in that moment. That was kingdom expansion. And I think sometimes we don't sow the seed out of fear that the seed won't take root. But I want to say this to you this morning, amongst many other things. One sows another plants, but it's God who gives the growth. You just plant that simple seed of kindness, that simple act of generosity, sometimes outrageous generosity, you watch it grow because God will water it if it's a kingdom seed. And it's great Italian food, by the way. Phil Moore, an excellent Bible teacher um, based in London, um, he explained the kingdom of God about now um, and it's coming. He said this, the kingdom is now and forcefully advancing. So it's not fully here, but it's still forcefully advancing. And you are... Kingdom soldiers, kingdom seed bearers, that you can see the kingdom of God falsely advance in, 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 with, with not weapons of um, carnal weapons, but with weapons of grace, truth, kindness, and mercy.
When Paul was writing to young Timothy, the church leader in, in Ephesus, he said this, um, Timothy, God has given us a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love and self-control. And, and I think for some of us, we're fearful. If you are fearful, would you just stand now? If, if you're fearful of any of this stuff, would you stand now? I want to pray for you. Just, just okay. I would stand because I'd be fearful, you know. So all the rest of you are through on it. Praise God. Praise God for you. You just put your person around you and pray for them. The real breakthrough, because the ones who stand are going to get the biggest breakthrough. Just reach out. In the name of Jesus, we just break any fear over you and pray courage onto your life right now. Yeah. I tell you this. In your standing, you've broken the fear of what other people think. You've broken it right now. You are free right now in Jesus' name. Name of Jesus. We are born again for battle, not for cruise lining. I'm not going to be anxious about the result. I'm going to be obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and the words of Jesus to pray for those who are sick. Do you remember when you were carol singing? The first time, come on, when you do carol singing at Christmas, the first one's always a bit dodgy, isn't it? You know, will they, what will happen? And, uh, um, but after, when we were kids, we, we started creaming the money in because we'd go on till, you know, we'd start early, finish late. We made a packet because we'd, we, we learnt to um, overcome our fears. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. The gospel of the kingdom is not the gospel of conversion. Can you, can you appreciate that? It's the gospel of the kingdom. Salvation really is a part of the gospel of the kingdom, but it's not the only part. In Acts 2, after Jesus was ascended back into heaven, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost and uh, Peter preaches a stonker of a sermon. 3,000 people respond. Now, I would be incredibly surprised if those 3,000 people who responded had not heard about Jesus... They're not being fed by Jesus. They're not seeing Jesus' mercy in action. I'd be surprised if they hadn't come into contact with the disciples bringing the kingdom before that moment. But there was a moment when it was time for those people that had heard, had been fed, many of them to respond to the gospel and be saved. So often we just think we've got to, you know, mentally walk around with John 3.16 on a billboard. Do you remember the Olympics? There's always used to be this guy who's always come up with John 3.16. And then we have the gold medalist, John 3.16 in the back. And I'm thinking, there's got, to be, there's got to be a better way of doing it than that. There really has got to be a better way than that. The better way is a kingdom way. So Jesus was teaching them to move from a a temple mentality or synagogue mindset equivalent to a church mentality come along on Sunday to an expansive kingdom mindset. 
because the kingdom is a seed. As fragile as it is, when you sow it in all vulnerability, it has a, it has a power for exponential growth to bring somebody to Christ. Because it may be when you've given your seed, somebody else comes along and waters it, but it's God who gives the growth. It's an upside-down kingdom. We're learning this. The first will be last, will last be first. More blessed to give than to receive. Mother Teresa, oh sorry, before I go on to about Mother Teresa, what a woman she was. But there's a bias of the gospel of the kingdom to the poor and the brokenhearted. Not exclusively so, but there is a bias. But Mother Teresa said this, minister, the, minister to the poor, I see Jesus in their eyes. I see Jesus in their eyes. Before Jesus sent out the first disciples on mission, he had already built into them an understanding of who they were. And this is about identity. And if we're not clear on our identity as sons and daughters of God, there will be a nervousness about us. Our identity comes, it gives us strength. When I was, I was sharing with the guys at um, Tumish Rolls yesterday, I used to be a fundraiser for the National Deaf, Blind and Rebellion Association. I wasn't highly educated, but I had to knock at the door of, of company secretaries, of big company secretaries, of multinational organisations and ask for money. I had to knock at the door of, of, of the Lord Lieutenant of Cambridgeshire's house to see if he would do work for sense. And I remember thinking, I'm at my depth here. I dropped my H's, my grammar's rubbish, I can't spell Christian right. If I'd have listened to the enemy, we wouldn't have raised a quarter of a million pounds in one year just through contacts. I stood at this guy's door and I said, Jesus, I am your son. I'm, a, I'm a, of the royal priesthood. I'm a king and a priest. I have every right to knock at this man's door. And in that, there was a breakthrough for me. It's not who you are, it's who he is and what he's invested in you. J.I. Packer wrote, what is a Christian? And he said this, the richest answer I can give is that a Christian is someone who has God as his father. And if you want to know how well a Christian understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well at all. Because adoption is the highest blessing of the gospel. Lecky, brilliant, that word that Lecky wrote, um, read out at the beginning when Jesus ascended, um, before Jesus ascended back to heaven, after his resurrection, he goes to Mary and he said, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. That's, that's, that's what the, the good news is about. It's us being adopted, becoming sons and daughters. And so when we go and take the kingdom seeds with us, we're on royal business. You, 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 are, you are qualified to do this stuff. 
And it's just us understanding who we are and our identity. Now let's turn our attention um, briefly to how Jesus equipped his disciples. Now I want you to notice that Jesus in his ministry only asked his disciples to do what he did himself. This is how I do it. You watch. I'll do it with you. Then you're going to do it on your own. That's a good principle for training. And Jesus only ever asked his followers to, to do stuff that he first modelled to them. Jesus saw what others missed. I've alluded to this in a previous talk, but he saw what the disciples didn't see. Jesus saw that the adulterous woman at the well was hungry for God. And they were going off to try and get food. But he stayed because he saw God was in this moment. It was a Kairos moment for that woman. He saw the poor widow drop a, 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 a pence, whatever it was, in the temple offertory box. The disciples were impressed with the big gifts going in. Jesus was impressed with the little gift. The insignificant thing, that insignificant kindness, Jesus spotted it. And even in the, in the insignificant things at work, you see, be an encourager. When somebody makes you a cup of coffee, hey, thank you, you didn't need to do that, I really appreciate that. Because you are now, you'll be sowing seeds in an ungrateful world and an unkind world. So the simple acts of kindness will, will stand out because you are a city on a hill that cannot be hid. You are light and salt. So see the supernatural element of this because of who you are. There's a woman with menstrual problems reached out and touched Jesus, but he, he knew that power had gone out. There'd been a power encounter. Then there was a poor little rich man, Zacchaeus, up a tree, um, walking into Jer- Jericho, and Jesus saw him. The, the disciples didn't see, They perhaps observed him, but they didn't see him. And he said, uh, Zacchaeus, um, come down from that tree... I want to come and have supper. I want to come to your house today. Now, that is not very English. We do, for those of you who aren't English in the house, this is a big deal for us because we think Jesus is really being pushy here. We do not go to one another's house because we want to just drop in. You know, we, have a, we have a protocol, right? We have a protocol. Jesus, I want to come to your house. Come, let's have some food at your house. That is just outrageous. But for, 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 for Zacche- Zacchaeus, it blew him away because nobody went to his house because everybody hated him. But Jesus took the kingdom with him in the most purest form. And I wonder how much our Britishness, for those of us who are British, inhibits us from breaking through to being more used by the Father. I just wonder. I just wonder. Then in Luke 10.1, we see that the 70 are sent out. So now he's modelled it, now he's going to release them. And you see in 10.1, it says this. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. (laughs) That's interesting. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. Go, behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. So, oh God, we pray for Ashford, we pray, God, you'll reap a rich harvest. And Jesus then said, well, you go. (laughs) You pray, now you go. Don't you let somebody else pray and somebody else goes. You go. You. Yes, you. Go. 
Go, behold, I am sending you out as lambs into the midst of wolves. Thank you, Jesus. That sounds encouraging. Carry no money belt, no bag, no shoes, and greet no one on the way. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. If a man of peace is there, interesting phrase, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking what they give to you, for the labour is worthy of his wages. Do not keep from moving from house to house. In other words, Jesus is saying the strategy for kingdom expansion is to see what the Holy Spirit's doing. And if not everybody's going to receive you. In actual fact, some people will be rude to you, just in the office. Some people won't like you just because they don't like you. So get over it, deal with it. But there will be people who will receive you, will be open to you, see that as an indicator that Jesus is touching their lives. Because Jesus said, he receives you, receives me. So that's how you can, Jesus is saying, watch out for the man of peace. And even go and have a meal with him or her. Just be careful if it's opposite sexes. Yeah? But go and have food. Whatever they put before you eat. I've got a friend who went to this person's house as a church pastor and she served him up baked beans. He couldn't stand baked beans. He had an aversion to baked beans but he didn't want to offend her. So he put in his, he got, when she went out to get some cup of tea, he, put the, he got his handkerchief out and put the baked beans in his in his hand, in his handkerchief, and put them back in his pocket. He thought he got away with it. <laughs> he was due to preach at the church that evening from the pulpit, and he went to sneeze. He pulled his handkerchief out and covered <laughs> the people on the front row with baked beans. <laughs> I kid you not. That is true. I met the man himself. Just eat it. Just eat it. Let your peace rest upon that person. That's important because if you're following the Prince of Peace, you know, you walk into situations and people just don't receive you. Don't try and convince them. Try and win them with your niceness. Just let the peace return to you. But where people are really receiving you, watch out because God's at work. God's at work. He receives you, receives me. Stay focused on that one person, eating, drinking, praying, because God's at work in their life. I'm going to speak about this next week, when people are being baptised at the Gospel presentation. What's, I've had two people say to me in the last week, I could never become a Christian or go to church because I'm not good enough. <laughs> I find it hurtful, because nobody's good enough. That's why we come to church, that's why we're a Christian, because... He's good enough. Jesus is good enough. It's not about you can never be good enough. And so we're, we're living in a society, and you are, every day you're rubbing shoulders with people who think, I can never be good enough. And you show them the love of the Father by how you act, react, love, care, are gentle, show generosity. You are the light of the world. At a previous church, there was this um, official from the council planning department. We got to know him because we were converting an old Anglican church into a modern-day multimedia youth centre. 
And we got to the point where I thought, this man is just, he likes me. I just thought, you're open. And he then began to share. He had a, his daughter was in a desperate state. Um, and I said, can I pray for you, Phil? And he said, I'd feel really honoured if you would. That was a big step for me. And I prayed for his daughter with him. And he's a clever man. And he grabbed me by that, the arm. I always remember it. And he said, thank you so much for praying for my daughter. We've got another building in this city. And we wrote to the council. Actually, this man himself, he said, if you apply for that funding, you'll get some money. And we got a quarter of a million pounds. A man of peace. Now, we don't do it for finances. We do it for kingdom expansion. Sarah Evans um, gave a prophetic word um, to me recently for Tawai, and she said this, I think God is saying he's going to open, give you a ribbon cutter for the riverside to open it up, a pair of boots on the ground, a local person who knows the area and has key relationships, a person who will do good to, who will be your man of peace at Gateway. I received that word. That's how Jesus works. The man of peace in Jericho that opened Jericho up was somebody that people didn't like. <laughs> yeah? He'd embezzled them all, you know. He, and when Jesus... When Jesus... So the disciples are in tow. you just got to picture this for a minute. So he gets invited, and I guess Arthur Jericho are thinking, oh, he's going to his house. Everybody knows about it. So we're all pressing in, looking through the windows. And the, the disciples would have followed in because they've got, they always think about food first before anything else. So Zacharias, no, it's not Zacharias, um, Zacchaeus is, is doing the food. Then after talking with Jesus, he said, Master, I'm going to give half of my earnings to the poor. Right across the city. Anybody that I'm bezeled, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I can imagine the disciples saying, how does Jesus do that? We're walking along the road, he sees this little man up a tree, invites himself for, for tea, has a chat with him, and before you know it, half the city's getting refunds. <laughs> That's a kingdom. That is the kingdom of God. Well, I'd like us to come back to worship. I'm going to close there at that point. How did Jesus do that? <laughs> I'm sure they asked it amongst themselves. They were always asking questions about Jesus. Yeah? How did Jesus do that? It's because he saw what they didn't see and he was willing to act upon it. Church, if we can see this congregation released to own this, You'll, be, you'll be, have so many stories when I have time to have any worship. Yeah, do you want that? Do you really want to make that transition? Or stay safe? You, God, throw me into the deep end. Learn to, I want to learn to swim with this stuff. Because my office, Pete, your office needs it at work. Your office needs it.
you're God's man of peace. Let's stand and worship and just give our hearts back to him and say, yeah, Lord, count me in. Or count me out. You've got to be honest with him. If you say, yeah, count me in, he'll take you up on it. And we'll see the kingdom come.